0: Hello and welcome to another APW Property Podcast. Uh, today we head north of the border or exit south of the border or if you're in a boat uh, you could just simply come ashore. In uh, Where am I talking about? Well here's a clue. Ah yes, Scotland, land of the brave, and a sound that can send shivers down your spine. Imagine seeing a whole load of men in skirts, or kilt to use the correct term, coming down the mountain, appearing through the swirling morning mist, accompanied by that sound. Well, you'd do a runner, wouldn't you? Unless, of course, you were also Scottish and had your own bagpipe troop, and you were wearing a different tartan, in which case it would just turn into a bit of a bundle, or a bit of a Barney, as they say. Uh, All this is to introduce our subject today, which is a Glasgow neighbourhood watch who lives where, what kind of housing stock is in which neighbourhood, and what is happening to the rental market in Glasgow. Uh, With me today to discuss all this is Callum Williamson from APW. Hi, Paul. How are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you.
0: Uh, Did you know that there's a bit of a revival going on in Welsh bagpipery?
1: Um, (laughs) No, but I can tell you that the, uh, the pibgorn is the Welsh hornpipe, the chanter has a cow horn mouthpiece uh, to protect the reed and a cow horn bell to amplify the sound. There's a single reed, usually made of cane, and there are a number of surviving examples dating from the 18th and 19th centuries. The pibgorn is that the correct way to say it? The pibgorn? Uh, yes, I guess so. Is probably the forerunner to the bagpipe, and it's likely that a bag was attached to the chanter to make playing easier. There you go. Well, there's a there's a uh, chat up line for you if ever there was. One. <laughs> I'm sure I can see that working you know did can I tell you about the pig pipcorn? Uh, yes please.
0: Uh, well thanks for all that uh, it's all a big digression from our main topic today which is Glasgow's neighbourhoods and we've got a very special guest today Riccardo Giovanacci, managing director of Newton Letting. Uh, hi Ricardo.
2: Hi Paul how are you?
0: I'm very well how are you? Good thank you good. And Delighted that you could join us and share your extensive knowledge of Glasgow. Um, Can I ask you first to tell us a bit about yourself and Newton Letting?
2: Sure. Well, um, Newton Letting originally started as part of Newton Property Management, a factoring company and it was set up by Stephen O'Neill in 2005. Um, I joined the company in 2007 as a training uh, trainee letting agent, working alongside Stephen and his team, and over the next three years, um, took me under his wing and showed me the ropes and everything he knew about letting. As for myself, in 2010, I headed south of the border and went to work for the infamous Foxton's down in London, where I worked in North Finchley for a year and then come back in 2011 to work for Clyde Property. I, I originally went to work in Helens before them as their letting manager there, and then moving across to working in a estate agency, and ended up back in their West End branch before returning in 2017 to work for Newton Property as their letting director. They then offered me the opportunity to Buy out that part of the company, which I did in March 2019, and I've continued to run it under the same banner
0: ever since. You've got a different family connection as well, because your grandfather was uh, in the business, wasn't he?
2: He was, yeah, yeah. So uh, my grandfather, uh, William O'Neill uh, he uh, originally started life as a surveyor and was one of um, one of the first, if not, I think, the first estate agent in the West End in the
0: 1950s. So you're a third generation uh working in an estate agency and lettings I am. in Glasgow. I am. I so, am. So
1: so you cannot get better expertise than that.
2: Well, yeah, I suppose so. I suppose so I just probably uh. got So there we
0: go. Yeah, I was gonna say, if I asked you um what colour curtains there were in in a particular house somewhere in Glasgow, you'd probably know, wouldn't you? Yeah,
2: take a good stab in the dark. And take a stab in the
0: dark <laughs> Well, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, we did a Glasgow City Watch episode where we looked at population, infrastructure and employment. Uh, Callum, what did we learn from that?
1: We learned a lot, actually. Um, I didn't know that they had a underground that is, is known as Clockwork Orange and is the third oldest in the world. But aside from that, it's a, it's a lively city. It's one of the Condé Nast friendliest city in 2022, which surprised me as well. Uh, people are, you know, as we know, reversing of the race for space. People are moving back into cities at the moment. Rents are rising again, so uh, Glasgow is a popular choice. Uh, it's very easy to get around, as I say, including the, the Clockwork Orange Metro. Easily accessible to the countryside. Very strong employment centre. I mean, we looked at the, uh, the pie, which is the acronym we use for Population, Infrastructure and Employment. It's very strong there, uh, with the IFSD and the media pr- presence, plus uh, it's a great city for culture. Uh, and, you know, we touched on at the end of that episode from an investment perspective, you know, the price and yield points make it even more attractive. So, um, yeah, great, great city to be looking at if you're looking at uh, investing in property, I think.
0: Ricardo, have you got anything to add?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we've seen it ourselves just in terms of um, over the last few years. Uh, you know, you touched on it before that I am um, with IFSD. You look at the likes of Barclays, have just built a huge super site, which will. Bring in six thousand employees. People, at, you know, Morgan Stanley have taken a new building in the city, so um, there is, you know, plenty of um, new infrastructure going into place for some of the big corporates to come in, and that's before you take into consideration we've got, um, you know, other companies historically that have been there, like BAE Systems. You know, we're still building, we're still building ships, and you know, in the city, etc., and things like that. So there's, uh, you know, there's plenty going on and plenty to bring people in. To the city who maybe would have never considered it.
0: Isn't it the uh, aircraft carrier or is it the destroyer that's being built along the Clyde oh, there? I
2: think it might be. I think it's the destroyer that's been built there just now, yeah, just across in Govan. So.
0: And uh, what about setting the scene for investors in Glasgow? Because there are some differences in the regulations and the tax system compared to England, aren't there?
2: There is, yeah. First and foremost, we um, have what's known as. LBTT here in Scotland, which is the land and buildings um, transaction tax. So that's probably the first main that's difference a, that, that we have.
0: That's a, that's similar to the um, stamp duty land tax, isn't it? But uh, Correct. different Correct. rates. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, so what about those different rates? There was a change in the legislation in December, I gather.
2: There was. So the Scottish government came out in December um, and decided to increase our second homes tax. Um, It had already been sitting at 4%, and it has taken a jump up to 6%. So, that's when you buy any property in Scotland now, you'll pay a minimum of 6% based on a second home tax, which will directly infect any um, investors that are buying in in Scotland. So, you know, we did see, you know, a lot of uh, investors pull out of some buy to lets at the time because it was literally triggered on it straight away. So, Anything that was sitting in the pipeline to go had fallen through and 6% is quite a big consideration when you are investing in a property or properties to add on to the bottom line when you consider, you know, to start buying anything considerably in Glasgow at least 100 grand and north of that's a lot of money to add on to your budget.
0: Yes, I was looking at, I mean, so uh, with the different rates, probably not worth going through them here and people would need to look them up online. But obviously, if you're buying a property more than 750,000 in Scotland, as a second home, that's an 18% land and buildings transaction tax. Yes. Um, Okay, well, now let's look at the different neighbourhoods in Glasgow. What are they like? Who lives there? Where do young families want to be? Where are all the students? Um, Let's start with the city centre. Ricardo, what can you tell us about that?
2: So, city centre, we find that uh, the Merchant City is probably the most desirable area within the city centre, and it has everything there that you probably would imagine you've got. It's got an excellent selection of cafe bars, restaurants, shops, galleries, all within easy walking distance to um, Glasgow Central Station, you're within a few minutes walk to Glasgow's financial hub. So we kind of tend to find that for, um, for tenants that are coming into the city to stay there, that are coming to work in those sectors, they really like it. They've got no use for a car in the city, although I have to say, Glasgow is very easy to get in and out of, given the fact that we've got a motorway that runs right through the middle of the city. So it is very accessible to get in and out of.
0: I saw that the um, uh, the city council are promoting this sort of 20 minute neighbourhood scheme, isn't it? Or it's a kind of, so it's a cluster where everything is contained within a within a sector and you can basically walk everywhere. It's a, uh, that seems like an interesting innovation, in which I'm sure will roll out to cities all over the world.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, Glasgow is not a, a huge city. I mean, I, I tend to feel like it, it does at times feel like a village for me, but you just get to know it better and better, and it seems smaller and smaller and smaller. But certainly using the city centre as a point for there, it's um, it's super easy to get about. The only downside you've got is going from north of the river. It just gets a, It's a hill, so it gets steeper and steeper and steeper. But other than that, works in a grid system, super easy to navigate your way around. And as I say, um, it's got a cluster of. Um, there's a lot more modern properties there that are a wee bit smaller, but they, you know, they absolutely suit um, tenants at that end of the market for looking to work in the financial district down
1: to a T. Ricardo, a couple of questions you mentioned earlier about Barclays and Morgan Stanley. Where are they in the city centre, or what sort of what sort of part of town? Sorry, if we're jumping across around a little bit here, but where are they? Where are they based?
2: So Barclays is just south of the river, so they built a super site there at um, Tradesden. So if you are standing on the Broomy Law, which is the road that runs parallel to the river, right on the most southern part of the northern side, you can stay over at the Barclays, the Barclays building there, um, and it steers over to the the rest of sort of Glasgow's financial hub. And there, as I say, you've got the likes of Morgan Stanley are based there. PwC have got offices there. Uh, Chubb the Insurance Group have got offices there. And, and again, for somebody that's new to the city, depending on where you work, that's all within a couple of minutes walk of each other. So it's very,
1: very easily accessible. So what would you call that, You know, doing Neighbourhood Watch? What neighbourhood would that be? Is it, is it the CBD, the city centre, or has it got yeah, a separate name?
2: I, I mean, I, I refer to it as our kind of little mini financial district there. But, you know, it's part of our... Um, you know, a kind of central hub. but uh, As far as it goes, as a financial district compared to some other cities, it's literally a couple of blocks square. So it's not, it's not that far and wide. But um, it fits that purpose nice for us. So.
0: And is it different from Southside? How would you categorise Southside?
2: Yeah. So. So the south side of Glasgow, when you start getting down to places like Shawn's and whatnot, that's when you're going to start finding more traditional tenements down there. I mean, it's got a nice eclectic mix of predominantly plenty of tenements, followed by there's quite a few new builds around the area there. And then there's loads of green space as well, which is fantastic, places like Queen's uh, Park and whatnot. So it's great. You also find that once you start getting into the south side, that's one of the places where it does start to suit a lot of families. Again, areas around like Pollock Park, Giffnock, towards Clarkson. Again, some of the schooling around those areas are some of the best you'll find in Scotland. So East End, which is the district around there, predominantly year in, year out, houses some of the best schools.
0: OK. Now let's he- head back uh, across the river then to the city centre, uh, but go either side of it. So you've got the east end and the west end. Um, can you explain the difference between the two?
2: Yeah. I mean, if we go to the east first, that's an area that we are seeing sort of more gentrification coming through places like Deniston. I mean, recently, Deniston was one of like the areas to be in Glasgow. It's deemed as very kind of up and coming. Again, looking at just from a, from a rental point of view, you know, we've seen rents rise there. I mean, they have across the whole of the city, but we're seeing um, more and more demand for around that area. And places around East End like Deniston are really just becoming a further extension of, the Merchant City it houses um, tenants. If you've ever had a pint of tenants been north of the border, it's, uh, they've got their brewery there. So, yeah, there's plenty to see and do. And again, it's all pretty much within... You can all do it within walking distance. If you came to Glasgow for a day for a wanderabout, it's all easily accessible.
0: And that was... Uh, we, we mentioned it in the City Watch. The Athletes' Village was uh, in the East End. I, I thought it was rather a lovely development Um they had the sort of water retention or water runoff pond, so it kind of created a little canal and the river's quite narrow there so you've got views across what was uh, derelict and sort of slightly toxic wasteland but is now a uh, park.
2: The, you know, the, uh, the east end of Glasgow I was saying before, you know, is being heavily gentrified and it's something that you take for granted in Glasgow that we do have loads of green spaces. We've also got amazing shipbuilding heritage, which get huge ties into the east end of the city, even where um, you know the River Narrows. And you're finding, as the years go on, they're just they're moving into area and getting rid of buildings that they can't salvage, um, knocking down and building loads of excellent um, modern developments. And on the flip side, anything that we can salvage, we're you know, we're turning into desirable new residential and commercial development. So, you know, if I had to say between, you know, the, you know, the four or five parts of the city, the East End probably at times gets the roughest ride of it, and which it shouldn't do. It's so up and coming. And again, that's somewhere for investors and areas to look at, you know, that it's, um, it's deemed as the more up and coming of, all, of them all.
0: What about the West End then? Because that's the more traditional uh, posh area, presumably.
1: And so the West End uh, we get, I'm sure, you know, we have a. there's a lot of Scottish people overseas, you know, working in various parts of the world and in oil and gas and other sort of areas. And one of the areas we get asked about the most from, from those folk is the West End. People seem to have a real uh, taste for it. So it would be interesting to see why, uh, what are the drivers behind that?
2: Sure. I mean, Uh, You know, I lived in the West End myself. My office is based on the west side of uh, Charing Cross, so it is our most desirable area in Glasgow for a number of reasons, you know, um, it houses Glasgow University. Again, it's got um, loads of green areas, we've got loads of parks, Um, that many that you seem to kind of waft through, it just becomes common knowledge to see them all. And then we've got that eclectic mix of uh, red sandstone, blonde sandstone tenement blocks and sandstone townhouses. Uh, It's always been massively popular for not just students, young professionals, families as well. And there's just so much to offer, even in terms of if you're coming to visit the city. It's fantastic. It's got loads of stuff in terms of uh, botanic gardens, art gallery, museums. We've got the Transport Museum down on the river, uh, which was designed, it was, a, it was an architectural award for its design. And then you've got just loads of eclectic mix of, sort of boutique shops, bars and restaurants and cafes around the city as well, which just give it mass pool for people wanting to come and stay in the area.
0: And Hillhead is an area within the West End, isn't it? So that that it is, yeah. might come across as a name. Yeah. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah. So um, Hillhead, I think, recently was was named as one of um, the places to stay, and it's one of these areas that I think historically had attracted loads of students, given its close proximity to um, Glasgow University. It's slap bang in the middle of the West End. And again, it's, it's a real mix of um, tenement blocks and um, and townhouses as well. And again, it's a, it's just it's you know if, if you were if I was to drop one of you into Hillhead now, you've got everything within a couple of minutes of walking distance. Whether you want to get yourself over to Kelvin Grove Park and the Botanics. Kimmelgrove Art Gallery, even just having a wander around Glasgow University itself, it's a sight to see, it's absolutely beautiful, and it's all tree-lined streets as well, so there's just, you know, it's fantastic, there's good schooling in the area, again, if you get to that stage where, you know, you've got kids, we're seeing more and more people looking now to stay on in the West End, and you tend to find that those that do eventually leave living in the West End, it's a difficult move to make because you're so used to having everything close to hand. If you work within the city, it's very, very easily accessible as well. So, um, and over and above all of that, it's but, just it's a cool place to live.
0: But, uh, so, yeah, if you have got a young family and you decided that you do need a little bit more affordable space, where would you move to from uh, that your sort of West End start
2: so commonly, you just head north of the city, so you end up in places like Bearsden and Mugai, which are super close to you know the the West End just rolls into Bearsden and Mugai. But again, you know it's a more like suburbia. It's all you know detached houses, sort of John Lawrence semis and bungalows uh, that were built, and lovely place to be. Schooling's fantastic there. You've got an excellent mix of public schools. Uh, even the private schools that are there and again down to things like you know you've got easier access to things like golf courses you know you can head out to kilmer denny country park so there's so much in offer and all just a stone's throw and even if you go one step further than that and even on to places like Loch Lomond, it's it's really not that far it's only a short journey in the car so very very easily accessible
0: i know that's one of the things about glasgow is is that easy access to actually just some of the most beautiful countryside in the world. It, it really isn't far at all to get to Loch Lomond, from, even from the city centre.
2: No, I mean, I live out there myself, so I travel every day. I live in a lovely little village called Calern. It get voted and it was one of Scotland's top three villages to live in. It's a beautiful place. I pass a distillery on my way to work. Uh, I'm 15 minutes from Loch Lomond.
0: A wee dram we dram
1: for breakfast,
2: we dram for breakfast, a we dram before I go home at night. It's easy, you know. Um,
1: we dram with lunch. No, sorry. Um, <laughs> I've just googled it and um, yeah, it does look lovely. That's beautiful,
2: nice. beautiful, technically Scotland's the most lowland uh, distillery, so lowland highland distillery. So great.
0: What about the um, uh, sort of extension of the motorway uh, that headed uh, south? Uh, That created a large uh, sort of set of new areas and new build properties, didn't it, in uh, in the south-east of Glasgow?
2: It did, yeah. And I think if you look further afield historically, somewhere like East Kilbride, which was purpose-built, I think, round about, um, I think, about the 50s, I think. So there's more of these modern villages getting built around, and it's fantastic because the one thing that we do have to protect is the green spaces that we have back in the city in places like around the south side of the west end so you know um the natural progression to that is you start heading further afield um outside the city and um you know it, it makes commuting in and out so much easier yet it's all purpose-built um modern spaces and it's great for bringing up your kids and for those parents, et cetera, who work in the city, it's all very easy to get in and out of as well. So,
0: Okay. There was an interesting map I came across uh, when I was doing my research, uh, but uh, slightly slightly um, irreverent, uh, shall we say, uh, and it's called Hood Maps. So if you look at hoodmaps.com, you can see, and it's just, uh, you know, people then write comments on different neighbourhoods. So you get descriptions such as nice and sleazy, but mostly sleazy or up and coming since 1990 or or bankers or literally nothing here. Uh, But I can't speak for its accuracy, but it's um, uh, at least entertaining and diverting. Uh, So that's hood maps. Uh, But finally, Ricardo, uh, perhaps you could just tell us a bit about the rental market in Glasgow and most up and coming. Where's your go to staple kind of classic rental market?
2: Sure. I mean, I suppose the first thing to touch on is, Rents themselves have taken a massive jump over the last couple of years post-pandemic. And a huge part of that will be the same of what's happened in a lot of cities. Pandemic hit, people fled the cities. And as you know, with property, very rarely, even from a rental standpoint, very rarely do you decide you're moving on the Monday, pick the place on the Tuesday and move in and on the Wednesday. It's a far more drawn out process. And the problem that we had post-pandemic is when people came back to the city. It was a bit like a bottleneck effect. And there was more people looking to rent than we had stock available. So initially there was a small part sort of in that summer of 2020 where we had plenty of stock available. That quickly depleted. And then when we rolled in to 2021 and 2022, we just, we don't have enough stock. Um, So that in itself has kept prices high. Um, But then we start taking into consideration that there's been loads of landlords over the last year and a half, who we used to call accidental landlords, who have decided to get out of the game. Sales prices are also at their most point, and they've been for the last 10, 15 years. So again, a lot of people have taken that opportunity to get themselves out of the market. The problem that's left us with is there is a genetic lack of stock. So we have far, far higher demand than there is stock available. So it's keep prices high. It's keeping the market very, very competitive. Now, for me, that that is a great opportunity for any landlord looking to enter the market or for someone to look at expanding their portfolio. Um, Glasgow is a great city for that. Although when you look at the west of Scotland itself, Glasgow is the most expensive place to be. Glasgow is a city in comparison to some of the other cities in and around the UK, still deemed as relatively quite cheap to buy into. And as I've explained before, you know, there's great infrastructure there and plenty to come to the city for. For me itself, if it was me investing my money, although all the areas are great and it's all budget dependent, I'd probably hedge my bets on the west end of Glasgow for me. um, It's always going to be Glasgow's number one area. And... um, Again, that was something I'd we'd sat down just at the turn of the year with um, a couple of my biggest clients who've got portfolios. And we're saying, look, let's go in and buy one bedroom flats in the West End. You know, if you even look at the likes of the cost of living crisis, one of the first things you're going to look at is just the cost of having a property. So do you need that extra bedroom? How expensive is it to run the property? So you're always going to rent out you know, studios or one-bed flats. They won't forever be our bread and butter, so to speak, when it comes to renting in Glasgow. I I, I don't see the supply issue changing at any point soon, where I'm just seeing too many landlords get out of the market. That, uh, they're the ones that initially didn't want to do it, but for those going back to that historic uh, buying a property, maybe finding it's a safer bet than a, you know, than a pension plan, and happy and willing to do it Long term is a great thing to do, and again, looking back at things like studios or one bed, your occupancy levels are going to be high. In terms of things like your yields, they're going to be hovering around six percent. We're starting to see them creep nearer to seven and seven and a half percent. The only downside is your natural costs are going up as well. But again, if if you get the right person, you know, looking after that and they focus on quality of covenant over and everything else, it tends to work well
1: for you yeah well that was that was going to be one of my questions actually it was just sort of around price point and expected yield there but you know you've i think you know you touched on the yield there i mean what if you're looking at a i mean we're seeing the same thing across the board with clients you know it's sort of a a reversal of that race for space people moving back to the city centers post covid which is causing rents to go up and people sort of looking at one beds as well because you know they cost less to heat they're cheaper all of that sort of stuff so um yeah, so you, you touched on the yields. What would be your sort of average entry point in the West End Then One bed, flat, just to give people an idea of, you know, if anyone's listening and going, oh, that sounds nice, you know, what can you expect to fork out?
2: Realistically, one hundred twenty-five to £145,000 will get you a decent one bed around Partick, Thornwood, into parts of, um, of Broomhill. Now, they are super desirable, that's sort of around prime West End areas. If you're buying a property at around £125,000 to £145,000, you will pay no LBTT, which stands for Land and Buildings Transaction Tax. The threshold for that is £145,000. So any purchase below £145,000, you pay nothing over and above the purchase price of
0: the property we touched on that earlier and yeah you are though still paying that six percent uh, second homes taps if you're uh, buying as a, a as an investor or a landlord so but uh, yeah it's zero rated from naught to one hundred um, yes. and forty five
2: thousand and for me that when you're buying uh, for example a one bed sub one hundred and forty five thousand pounds you factor in your six percent of your purchase price and um the rental yields are still are still decent, and again, when you look at the rental price of a one bedroom flat, there's still that's probably the highest demand is there. So you're still looking at a monthly rental income of anywhere from seven hundred all the way up to eight fifteen in some areas, we're even touching nine. If there's still really really high demand.
0: Okay so that's the classic uh, area the the one and two bed uh, rentals in the west end uh, if you were investing and you were going for capital growth and you wanted to have a look at a, a, the most up and coming area where would you where would you head for in glasgow
2: I mean you're still finding there's areas if you go over to places like the east end where you're still going to get get a bargain you know if you can get yourself a do it upper there then again you know you know it can be quite a sweet spot in terms of an investment that did historically used to be the south side and but places like shawlands now are their rents are now touching where you know the west end was once before and again you can then take the flip side to that where you'll have places like houses and places like bears den which we Always have a high demand for because they're so rarely available because they do tend to be purchased by owner occupiers. So from a rental point of view, that actually is something that tends to rent super well. And again, just at your price point in terms of where you're buying, you know it's going to cost you now well north of three three hundred and fifty thousand pounds to get a small house in Bearsden. You're really nearer at that half a million pounds mark plus to get somewhere in Bearsden. And again when you look at areas like there, they're only rented out predominantly because families are moving, they themselves are moving away from the city. Maybe they've got a job down south, a job abroad, and they come up for two or three years. So they're historically stuff that doesn't come up very often, but tends to rent very, very well. Um, As I say, as a buy to let investment, probably a little bit of a left field choice because your rental return is not as good. However, capital growth will be
1: fantastic. Okay.
0: Well, look, uh, thank you very much. Final thoughts,
1: Callum? Oh, it all sounds very compelling. Sounds, you know, sounds like a great place to buy. Um, no, it's interesting. I mean, thanks very much for coming on. I think it's sort of, you've helped us paint a very good picture there of of sort of the area and, and potential places to buy. And this will be a very useful uh, bit of content for, you know, people that we speak with that are looking at Glasgow. In terms of, you know, how people can find you you know what are your socials what are you what's your website what are the best places for people to uh to find you
2: so for us it's um it's newton lettings the company so the website's uh, newtonletting.co.uk and again you'll find us both on facebook and our handle at instagram is at newton letting so uh very easily accessible to find online uh there's no other newton lettings so we tend to be the one and only choice for you to come looking for as well
0: well, we'll put some of those on the show notes, uh, hopefully. So, uh, thank you. Um, thank you very much uh, for joining us today, Riccardo Giovanacci, Newton Lettings in Glasgow. And uh, thank you, Callum. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Ricardo. Appreciate it. My name is Paul Shearer. Have a lovely day. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast series produced for APW by Emma Holton at Brilliant Audio. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe, hit like, share it with your friends. If you didn't, keep Stum. You can find more episodes in all your usual podcast places.